Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 178 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Safaya on service and her prolific writings. Here's your hosts, Woody and Chrissy. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is the lovely Chrissy. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Woody. How are you? All right. Welcome back. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here in your lovely studio. Oh, you're so good to me. You brought somebody special. I did, all the way from Baltimore. Wow. That's like the right coast. It is. Is there a wrong coast? Wait a minute. No, it's Stop. left coast. <laughs> I brought in Safaria. Hi, Safaria. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I've heard that name before. Maybe it goes back a few years. Me, it goes back a few years, yes. I've been in the scene, give or take, since 1995, before the internet and back when IRC was still a thing. Yeah, I, I thought I had heard that name before. Now, So you have been blessing the, um, the new internet after that and uh, a lot of kinky groups out of uh, the Baltimore area for a long time. Uh, for a fair amount. I've been in the D.C., Baltimore area, all the way down to Richmond, Virginia, um, for most of my kinky life, I guess you would say. So that has kind of put me in the exact same area. And with D.C. being such a large community, uh, it's a good place to be. It is. It's a very strong community, too. It is. And it has a very rich history, um, which is always nice because we've gotten um, such an expansive background of um, not only the new things, but some of the older traditions and structures. The uh, MSC is held there a lot, and so there's a lot of depth that goes into uh, that organization. MSC is, is there in, in, every year in the fall. It's at uh, Labor Day weekend. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So back before, in, in the um, pre-internet days, back in the old days, how did you uh, communicate? You said IRC, and so you're out gathering friends and influencing people? I would say I was out gathering friends, and everybody else was influencing me. But yes, influencing people is a good way to look at it. Um, back then, it is one of those situations that today looks very strange. The way that you met people was either bulletin boards online, which most people today don't even know what they are. Uh, we met in IRC chat rooms because we were a little bit more underground. And the standard munches, they were a little bit quieter. And then even the private parties, which were the places that you worried that somebody else would see you go into or other issues that might come up. You know, So things were a little bit more underground and a little bit more cautious. Like when you run into your boss at the party. Oh, absolutely. But you also call that mass mutual destruction because you both got something on each other. <laughs> right. It's the nuclear option. Absolutely. Safari, I'm looking at your FetLife profile. It's a very nice profile, and I can't quite figure out from reading it where you fit on which side of the slash. That is an interesting question in and of itself. Um, I originally came into the community on the 
um, lowercase side of the slash. Um, I've explored the uppercase side of the slash in a power dynamic. I've moved all around the slash from a top-bottom point of view. And from a service point of view, I've done receiving and giving. So I look at the slash and go, I have a personal preference, but I also have lots of activities I'm good at. So I kind of don't burn the slash, but um, move around it quite a bit. There you go. You would identify as a switch, you would say, or, or no? I would not identify as a switch. My personal identification would go something like a service-oriented submissive with a really alpha attitude. Okay, that's a new one. I like it. <laughs> so in this particular case, I, I guess part of it is that I look at activities versus attitudes. And today we like to have lots of words become very ambiguous. Nobody wants a label. I think personally that it's better to stack the concept. So if we separate the label a little bit, then I would be a top because I enjoy giving the activities, a bottom because there are some activities I enjoy receiving. From a power dynamic, I tend to like the lower S side of it, so I tend to be on the submissive side. I am very capable of holding that power, so I tend to be on the management side when necessary. So I look dominant, but not necessarily perceive the world that way. And when it comes to service, it's wherever I'm needed. T-S-M-P-S. Okay, got it. <laughs> so now you know why it says evolving. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all, hopefully. You know, when I came into the scene, I had no idea what I was. And I think anybody that comes in and, and puts a top-bottom master-slave initially is going to outgrow it very shortly because we don't know what we are when we first come in, and we have to evolve into something. And a lot of people start at one point and end up in, a, in the opposite one. And when I came in, I came in under um, much more of a slave label, some of the things in that relationship didn't work out as well as I wanted. A lot of it was um, misunderstandings and attitudes that changed. And I also found within the community at the time that it was very limiting because people saw that and the misperceptions that happen with that label itself are so vast that I couldn't get out of that piece and do anything else. I'm, I'm over here shaking my head very fast. It I works totally good on get radio. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to explain. I, I understand exactly what you're saying about the word slave and, and how you can get boxed in by that. I, I think I put on my profile something about, I, you know, I don't fit in a box and I'm fine with that. And yeah, I agree. I, I identify as a slave in many ways also, but... I've been topping a little bit more lately, and I really enjoy giving, and I'm totally about service in many aspects. Definitely, I would label you as service, regardless of top, bottom, side. Who? You. Me? Oh, well, thanks. I try. I, like, well, I enjoy you, you it. You serve the community. You, you serve people. You know, It's what it's all about for you. Yeah. And, by the way, me too. You too, yes. So we've got Safaria, who's a... Let me see. Top bottoms. <laughs> I'm confused. So what are you doing right now? What are you, what are you doing to keep busy right now? Uh, so right now I've decided to uh, 
expand a little bit. I've uh, I've got a very interesting background from the community's point of view. So watching everything that's going on, both in the vanilla world, the vanilla world interested in kink, the general media and the kink community, um, there's some lack of corresponding information. And so because I have a fairly decent background, I think, um, I'm trying to connect with those other communities to help make sure that we're not misrepresentative as a whole. And while I'm not the only voice, I think I have a well-spoken voice in order to help make sure that we're truly represented in those places. Where are you speaking? Right now, I've I've put out for a number of uh, presenters within the community itself, and I'm waiting to hear back on those. Um, so I present in, inside the community on power exchanges and service and the mental aspects and the emotional aspects of the community. Um, and outside of the community, I've been working with um, Wattpad readers and a number of erotica writers because being one, I understand where they're coming from, from a research point of view. I'm trying to make sure that we all kind of connect and, and get a general base of information. I've noticed that you have a ton of writings posted um, on your FetLife profile and a list of all different writings. The service writings were what originally drew me to you because, as Woody said, I'm about service. And I'm, I hear people ask, in fact, just last week someone said, what is service and what is anticipatory service? So I tried to break that down for them. I don't know if they understood it or not. I think they're still processing. It's a hard concept. Yeah, there's so many new people. It's just flooded constantly with new people. And they don't even know where to go to look. Well, and I think in this particular case, service is, is broad. But you have to break it down into what service is from an emotional point of view and from an activity point of view. From an emotional point of view, it's about giving yourself as a way to express yourself to another person. So how you feel about them is done through service. The more I can give you, the better off things are. The more I can show that I love you, I like you, whatever. The receiver is able to have a little bit of downtime often or have that connecting moment. And I think ultimately service is about the connecting moment of two people more than anything else. And that's a very ambiguous concept. Yes, I agree with you. And I think people, especially newer people, they they don't grasp that at all because it is so ambiguous. They think service is just bringing someone a drink, you know, or whatever it happens to be. And I noticed in your articles that you've posted, you've written them, and you've broken things down in such a way that the person who's reading it, especially if they're with a group of other people, or even, you know, one other person, it's they're jumping off points for discussion and further understanding, which I think are really great. I'm looking at expectations, just for example, and expectations... I hate the word expectations. Expectations destroy relationships and create so much uh, communication problem. And you've broken it down really, really great. You talk about service, and then you you talk about preconceived ideas of service. Um, For example, you said for the receiver, the preconceived idea is their position means I'm always correct regardless of the situation. You know, and these are just ideas that people can take and, and process in their own way and hopefully own them in their own way. Another sentence that you added to this receiver section would be, I know good service when I see it, but I shouldn't have to express my needs. Well, I don't know. Mind reading is not a thing yet. 
I've been accused of that. <laughs> so every bullet that you've listed, I, I think are great. And um, I hope that this gets more traction and is more widely read. You know, I, I want to ask you, you, you've been in Baltimore for a really long time, and you've been involved in the community in some elements since, did you say 1995? Give or take, yes. Okay. That's, that's a good minute of time. How have you seen your community change over the years? Have you seen people teaching more, or what do you see happening? I think the biggest shift that I've seen in the community has been a shift towards activities and away from connections. Just like service, when somebody focuses on service, they focus on how do I do a thing, not how do I connect to the person. And the thing is how I connect. And we see that all over the community right now. And I think that really does come from this greater society concept of everything as a second. You know, there was a Sprint commercial a few years ago that says, oh, that was 90 seconds ago. And when you don't have time to connect in 90 seconds, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. And I think that the biggest changes that I've seen are the change from the focus of the person I'm doing the thing with, whether it be service or play or relationship or a scene and on the activity and how fast can I get better at it so that I look really awesome as the person doing the thing and not the person connecting to the other person? I agree. That's why I don't play out. I don't and I don't do pickup play with people. I'm very selective because of that. It's too much. I end up teaching. You've got to develop some kind of a relationship, even a play relationship before you're going to get any quality. I agree. I think the other thing is, though, is is having to slow down just a little bit. Society in general is really, really fast now. And we don't ever take the time to just kind of slow down and take a breath. Well, we run on internet time now. Absolutely. And internet time is, uh, is no way to learn a skill. It's no way to treat a skill. And it's no way to show perfection in a skill. I think that's going to be the changes that, we, that I've seen uh, in the community as a whole. I think I want to agree with you there. I think that they are running at ultra high speeds and there is, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe this is the wrong term. I'm going to say almost, almost like a community frenzy. You know, people are all excited and they, they get all pumped up and they, you know, come out and do X, Y, Z. And then they, they see somebody doing something else. So they have to hurry up and try that. And, you know, it takes a long time to really be proficient at anything technically. And then, as you said, to learn how to connect with people, that that itself is a skill. And this is a little bit off topic as far as, or maybe not as far as what we're talking about, but I've been reading a lot lately about people with mental illness in the community and how they're, you know, happy that they're in the community and that they don't feel judged or um, unwelcome. And that may be true. And that's, you know, that's great. There is a lot of stigma with people that have different types of illnesses, and um, that's across the board in society. But I, I just don't know that, you know, people need to be disclosing this more, um, because I know for sure I want to know if I'm playing with somebody that, or involved with somebody that has some some type of emotional instability somewhere that they're medicating so they can feel better and be more balanced, which you know, I'm all for medication. That's great. You know, better living to pharmaceuticals. I think it's wonderful and very helpful for many, many people. In fact, people close to me are, you know, some are bipolar, some have different issues, and that's fine. But um, I think that adds another layer of complication to the connections. Because people that maybe didn't take their medication, you don't know what they're going to be doing. 
um, how they might react. I don't know. I just I just think that it just makes it even more complicated. As the community expands, as it is so much, that that's a concern that I that I've had crossed my mind more than once. Well, I think the positive and negative of mainstreaming as we've expanded as a community is going to be we lose that entire subculture concept. We were never tight knit, but in our brains, we felt like because we had worked so hard to find this thing that we were somehow small and unique. And we knew each other a little bit better, I guess. Um, it's the concept of policing our own. And in today with the internet and, and anybody being able to write anything or say anything or the drama that unfolds very quickly because of a comment that would have been overlooked previously because you couldn't react at internet speed um, has changed, I think, the perceptions in general, regardless of how we go with it. Listeners, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I want to uh, break for a, a brief second here and talk about the support KinkyCast button on the homepage. If you're enjoying the show's please go to our homepage, kinkycast.com, and click on the Support KinkyCast button. And we could sure use the help to keep this show going in the direction it is. And also, we will take it in the direction that you want. Write to us, tell us what you want, and we will take you there. We are here as a service, as we've been talking about in this show, to serve the community. And we can do it with your help financially. So we really appreciate it. And now, back to the show. You make some really great points, Safaria, about how the, uh, I'm going to use the word mystique of the subculture, and that, again, this is a word, I, I have trouble with it because some people really get negative about it, the elitism of the exclusionary aspects of the subculture, which is, you know, gone now. And that's through the internet, actually. FetLife is a great tool. I love FetLife. I think John Baku is awesome. Shout out to John Baku. But I think that the changes that occurred in the overall community stemming directly from FetLife's presence are both good and bad. One of my critiques has been, you know, the kinky and, and popular page. And I think John Baku made some changes, not because of me, but because of what he perceived as needing to tweak it a little bit and change the logarithms for the people that were writing because a few people were writing constantly and they would have 10 different writings up in the top of Kinky and Popular and the new people at FetLife would log in and they didn't have any friends so they would go to Kinky and Popular and read this and think that was the way. You know what I mean? And he changed it now so that it's more open and it's easier to find people's writings, which is really great because there are a lot of great writers and great thinkers still on FetLife that are kicking out some really good stuff and needs to be shared and disseminated. And I think that the big danger here, um, and we've seen a fair amount of writings on it lately, is the concept of liberty. And I don't care if you put Fet Liberty in front of that, celebrity in front of that, presenter liberty in front of that. We have this this mystique that is surrounding our liberties of some version, um, and they're the ones who tend to get the loves and the more that they produce. But it happens everywhere. This, the general society, you know, bloggers are really good on social media. So I think there has to be some level of balance between the social media aspect and really looking into depth of what somebody's looking for um, rather than just whatever the really quick hit is. And we're seeing some of that. Um, I think the pendulum in the community itself will start to swing back. 
you always go between anarchy and structure. Um, you can't have order without chaos, and you can't have chaos without order. And as soon as one gets strong, the other one's going to take over. And we're kind of in the middle of that right now. Which direction do you think it's going to swing? I think we'll go back to a little bit of order. Um, a lot of people want to be very open and authentic, and that's great. There becomes this disillusion of structure after a while, and society can't completely operate outside of rules. Uh, we have to have some level of boundaries because if everybody was in anarchy, then everybody would be going in 30 different directions and we'd never row the boat forward. <laughs> So I think we're going to start seeing, and we're starting to see some of that with the consent culture um, coming back. It's what can I do to to give me a structure so that I can feel a way to report consent? Or what can I do to feel a structure to feel like I'm safe? Or what can I do to communicate better? What's a structure that will help me communicate better so that I get my own needs and desires met? Well, you know, back in 1995, when you started, by the way, that's the year I started also, it was a different world back then. And the community was a lot more ordered than you find it today. Absolutely. And I think some of that having been lost is where our ambiguous language is coming from. Um, I think some of it is scary because it's like the uh, old timers sitting on the porch and going, those whippersnappers, they, they're just walking into my community. And that, that change and balance between the, the internet generation, those who have never known an IRC chat room, and those of us who have known an IRC chat room and can remember bulletin boards and such before the internet, um, which makes me sound terribly old. I lived by <laughs> the words, the letters BBS, bulletin exactly. board system. Me too. Me too. It wasn't that long ago. Don't feel old. <laughs> but even being able to say it wasn't that long ago and looking at how fast we've changed technology-wise and information-wise um, is what's changing us as a community. I mean, we're a reflection of what's going on in society. We're not uh, something separate. And I think the faster that the entire community embraces that and tries to find its own way, the better off it will be in the long run. I know for me, and I can only speak for myself, I found leather to be my my ground. That's my go-to place for grounding. And being around people that are leather, particularly people that have been doing it for more than a, a couple of five, ten years, there's no magic there. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying that for me, the people that I associate with seem to have some more structure and rules that I can relate to and that they make me feel more secure. When I go out to a lot of events, it's just chaos. It's just bouncing too much energy. I can't focus. It's Well, you found real connection and community in the leather community. Well, I did. That's very yeah. true. And, and you know, I hope that continues for a good, a good while. It's comforting to me to find that because I don't do well with just so much. It's just too much, too much, too fast, you know, and I'm expected to change me for what's changing. And I'm not going to change me. I'm, I'll try to blend in and come through the crowd, but I'm, I'm not going to change who I am for anybody. That's just me. Exactly. But I also think that in this particular case, it's an, a lead by example, because if you want to see a change, regardless of which direction you want to see it in, you have to be the example of the change you personally want to see. And if somebody has never seen structure or has never seen good structure, then they're never going to be able to have something to identify with. So I, I think that's important for those who have that background in structure or those who believe in that structure um, to bring it forward and, and teach it. 
because it doesn't mean that everybody will go with it. It just means that they've got now a new vocabulary and a new example. That makes sense. I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know how that's working around the country. I'm finding that more often it's happening, but in very small groups. And the larger community, the overall larger community really doesn't care. They want to go experience all the things and, you know, have a really good time. And that's really great. That's fine. But it's just a little bit disorderly, I think. That is their community the way they have laid it out. It's not our community, and so we have the option of choosing it or not. And they have the option of choosing it or not. Right, right. I guess what I'm getting at is it was expressed that perhaps people that have more structure and order and a different style of doing the things that we do – should be maybe available more often and modeling more often and so people can see them. I, I don't know. It's it's not really a split that's happening. I know for a fact that the people that are the old timers and people that have more leather and more community in that regard, they do things with their own. They're just kind of burned out, I think, of being poo-pooed and disrespected and, you know, being told their old fuddy-duddies go away, which is a shame because there's a lot of knowledge there that could be shared. There's a lot of knowledge there that can be shared. Um, there's also a different type of perspective on relationships. Within dynamic relationships, it's already hard. And being able to have a perspective on a dynamic relationship rather than just throwing something together. Um, I think a lot of times we don't look at the work involved when we're doing a power exchange because it really is an exchange and both sides have to work at it. The The dominant in a power exchange relationship has to know exactly what they want. And the submissive has to have their own expectations and needs and desires met. And I think there's some dismissal there. And being able to teach others that kind of structure is a a base ground of understanding how to apply it in other places. There's no one right or wrong way to do this. That's for sure. You know, whether it's a community or whether it's an individual relationship. And I think the community is going through that exact change. There's no one right way to do this, but there's no wrong way to do it either. The order and the structure is no worse or no better than this fancy free version that's going on. It's just a matter of how both sides get along and can learn from one another. Interesting. I like that. I I like that a lot. Don't you, Woody? I do, and it has to be kind of the rules of engagement for the communities, the the plural communities. Yeah, because I do see a shift and a split happening. And you're right, any kind of power exchange relationship takes a ton of work and a ton of communication, and they're very difficult to initiate and then to maintain. It takes a lot of uh, devotion and desire to work on it and to spend the time and spend the energy. And, and you also have to have a certain level of fun. And I think a lot of what's going on in the community is um, there's the concept that playing with power or playing with rules or playing with structure is all seriousness and no fun. You know, you hear comments like, I would never talk back to my dominant. Well, I probably would. I'd also suffer the consequences if necessary, but if he's being dumb, that it is my job and my duty to tell him so, or I'm not serving either one of us. It's called a power exchange. Both of us have some. Exactly. I agree with you there. And from a community point of view, you know, the fun and fancy free guys can really highlight some of the, oh my gosh, the world is overwrought and serious. And I need to figure out how to let loose. And I don't know that that always happens. 
with the different types of communities. And, and I think that's important. I think there's some crossover. I think as a, as a whole that you're seeing some of that concept of I have to work really hard. And then the other side of that is this is supposed to be fun. The happy balance would be do the hard work when necessary and have a good time when you can. And when you're not having a good time, change it. Yes. Because there's so many people that it's turned into a drudgery and it shows. If you're bringing the community down, you need to work on yourself a little bit. And I think that's part of the split that we're seeing. It is, yeah. I think that it looks like, oh my gosh, I've got all this work to do. And even my writings uh, kind of point that out to some level. Here's the work you should do as a receiver of service. Here's the work you should do as a dominant. Here's the work you should do as a giver. And here's the work you should do as a submissive or some version therein. Regardless of where you are in activity or power, um, work has to happen. But I think everybody perceives work as drudgery or as hard or as something you want to avoid. When we started, some of that work that you're talking about is education. And uh, yes, we, we all went to school and we all said yes or no to whether it was work or not. But the fact is, I put in my time and I, I got my education in the kink world and I'm a better person for it. I, I learned what I like. I learned what other people like. I learned how to give pleasure. I learned how to take pleasure. And with that, I can now go out and competently arrange a scene, have a wonderful scene with somebody, and uh, and keep the community safe. So that's a little more ordered view of the way I see things than the opposite of that is, hey, party dude. And I think everybody wants to try out everything. And part of the problem that I see, in, in completely a personal opinion, is that we don't want labels and we get stuck on them. So if I see a dominant bottoming, then if you have the fancy free point of view, you may never ever be able to submit or bottom to that dominant again. And it's just an activity. I've heard this so many times. I, I, I spent a lot of time in the West Coast community. And I've had submissives tell me if they ever saw me play on the bottom, they would never play with me again. And I find that silly, and I think that's part of the problem that we're finding right now, is we have people coming into the community going, but hey, it feels really good when I flog somebody. It also feels really good when I'm flogged. It doesn't change where I like to be in a power dynamic, which kind of brings me back to my very first comment at the top of this, was if we separate all the labels between activities and emotions and power out then you can put those Lego blocks back in any order you want. And one does not necessarily have to touch the other. And it's the way that the entire community can relook at and reorganize the thought. Just because a dominant likes to bottom, does it make him less of a dominant? Just because the top likes to submit does not make them any less evil. I like the way you put that. That's very nice. Sadism is sadism, however you look at it. Yes, it is. 
When I started, uh, since I didn't identify as top or bottom, I, I had to learn what I was. And so I had a partner that was not clear on her identification either. And so we would switch. We would do one day I would top and the next day she would top. And we tried to figure out what our roles were and we eventually locked it in that she was the bottom and I was the top. And that made sense after a while, but we had to figure it out first. Well, in in activity, you know, topping and bottom in activities is an activity. Dominant and submissive is a mind frame and an emotional set, you know, and the two aren't the same. And I see a lot of people using them interchanged to say, well, a top is a dominant. That's not true. A top is a top. A dominant's a dominant. And I think it's that vague use of words that gets us in, in real trouble as this community expands and and changes. Well, then let me confuse it and add service top to it. Well, service tops is one of my favorites because I am one. Yeah, been there, done that. Yep. And I think the biggest thing for a service top is, um, and the difference between for me a service top and a top without the service part in front of it, is simply the fact that a service top is doing it because you enjoy the activity and they're good at giving it to you. And in the bottom is the one in, tr- in control of it. And the top gets pleasure from it. Oh, absolutely. But their pleasure, a service top's pleasure, I would say, tends to be derived from the service part of the top, where a top's pleasure is derived from being a top and giving that particular activity. Okay, that's not confusing at all now, is it? <laughs> I totally understand. It makes perfect sense to me because I can wear that hat or hats. I think all three of us do, uh, but you know, it's it's a little bit of a mind fuck for uh, people coming in and going, huh? What? Well, you said fuck. I like that. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, it's my show. I can do that. Yeah, the, the whole thing is trying to identify, and there's that word again. And you brought up a top is not a dominant is not a master. Correct. And so you you start in like I started in, and I figured out top and bottom. Then I started developing a dominant side, if seeing if that fit. And my bottom started developing a, a submissive side to see if that fit. We did not go on to master-slave because that did not fit. And so everybody is a little different. And just like you said, it's possible for a submissive to be a top in certain situations. It's where their head is. Absolutely. And there's also no hierarchy in this. I think people get very wrapped around that. Um, they get wrapped around with the concept, oh, a master is better than a dominant, is better than a top. No, they're not. It's like a card game, right? Well, it's like saying, you know, a blue car is better than a red car is better than a yellow car. It's a car. <laughs> Four wheels and flies. You know? Your car flies, but that's different. <laughs> that's beside the point. This conversation has been making me think about the conversation we had of, gosh, Woody, that had to be two years ago now, uh, with Capricorn Witch and Slave Ivy when Capricorn Witch was talking about being an authentic person. Yes. And that's one thing I think this lifestyle does. And anyone who seriously wants to, again, I'm going to say do the work and examine themselves and figure out what they like, what they don't like, who they are, where they want to go, and figure out what might be holding them back 
or what triggers they might have or that need to be overcome, worked around, or repaired. Um, those are the things that this lifestyle promotes in many, many ways, I think, that developing into an authentic person and embracing all aspects of yourself. And it, you can't do it in one week, one year, or two years. It's a, probably a lifetime thing. This is where I would normally yell the episode number of Capricorn Witch, but since I've given you the power, the listener, to do that, go to the kinkycast.com page, and in the search engine right there below the KinkyCast logo, type in Capricorn and search, and you will get that episode to listen to, along with any other guest or kink. Type in your favorite kink, and off you go. Safaria, so what do you think about that? Do you think this lifestyle is an enabler for folks to reach their maximum potential if they choose to use these tools that are being laid out through service and through the exploration of dominance and submission and and so forth? I think it depends like everything else on how they approach this particular lifestyle. It could be just about activities. It can make you really go internal and attempt to understand yourself. It also, I think, gives you the ability to explore those um, in a much different way than you would in society. And some of the taboos that would get you hung up in that internal exploration uh, can be explored here. It's not something that you can go out to society and go, I like running naked in the rain and everybody's going to be okay with it here. They'll be okay with it. And it's up to you to figure out why you like to run naked in the rain or just leave it at, I like to run naked in the rain. That's true. Safaria, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a very busy woman with multiple irons and multiple fires. Thank you for joining us today and participating in the podcast. I wish you all the best and much success. And I hope that you're going to be presenting the information that you're sharing is quite interesting and very, very relevant to the community. Thank you so much for having me. And the nice thing about all of this is what I'm looking to do is, is over time, combine this into online videos and courses and books and that type of thing so that I can share it uh, with the community as a whole. Will you have that information posted on your FetLife page on Safaria on FetLife? I always post things on my uh, Safaria FetLife page. I also post everything on my website. And all those links will be right here on the show page on kinkycast.com. Safaria, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We really appreciate the great information, and you are a wealth of knowledge on many things. Perhaps we can uh, get some more knowledge at a future time. Excellent. I'd love to come back anytime you guys will have me. Thank you both very much for your time. It's been great fun. Thank you. We love having you. Have a great night. You have been listening to Episode 178 of the kinky cast for more information about this show go to kinkycast.com the kinky cast is a production of rooster in the round on behalf of all our kinky crew i'm max see you next week when we present jeff mack on mental illness in bdsm